Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. You know, the good news is uh, in our lives is that we can bring everything in our lives that, uh, and, and lay them at the foot of the cross, that we can bring them to Christ. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. We're starting our summer series. We're calling it Summer Playlist because uh, one of the things that we acknowledge in the summer here is that we have a different congregation every week. And uh, so some of you are, you know, get out of Dodge and find a cool place and, and some people are coming home and then they're going and you're, you know, and back and forth. And, and so we do this summer uh, series called Summer Playlist and, and um, uh, we'll, we'll do a few things uh, here that are a little bit different and uh, hear from some of the other pastors and, and people on the team. So it's a really fun, fun time. Uh, and I hope that it's uh, meaningful to you. Uh, you take that little card with you, post it on social media, wherever you are. We can keep in touch and uh, enjoy your vacation vicariously while you're on the beach someplace or whatever. We always joke that we could have, um, we could have auxiliary campuses in Flagstaff and San Diego during the summer and probably have about the same amount of people as we have here. So uh, we just uh, will enjoy that with you wherever you are. Um, this morning, as we think about the beginning of summer, and I, I know summer officially doesn't start for a couple of weeks, but if it's going to be 107, then for goodness sakes, it's summer, right? And uh, uh, so we're starting this series this morning, and I thought it would be appropriate that the first thing that we talk about is rest. Now, we're coming out of May, and uh, I don't know about you, but I went to a few grad parties, and we did, uh, there were lots of activities and lots of things going on, and it feels like that, that really, in a lot of ways, we, we have Christmas, and then we kind of sprint through to Easter, and then we come to the end of the school year, and it just sort of all flies by, and we're busy, and life's crazy, and, and all kinds of things are going on, and we begin to think about summer, and one of the things that might come to your mind is, where can I get some rest? Uh, where can I get away a, a, a little bit? Where can I get a different perspective? And so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is rest, but, but we're going to redefine it a little bit. We're going to take a look at what the scripture teaches us uh, about rest and how we might be able to find real rest. You know, we might be able to get a break here now and then, uh, and, and you might get a respite from activity now and then, but how do we find real rest. You know, the scripture talks about something that's called rest for your soul, that it's a deeper rest than just getting a nap. Uh, it, it's a deeper rest than just going on vacation, but it's a rest that goes down deep and it changes really us from the inside. And, and so we want to talk about that this morning because he, here's something that's so interesting to me is that rest matters to God. That, that in fact, God invented rest. This is his idea. So I'm not telling you something radical. I'm not telling you something that's, that, that uh, nobody's ever heard of before because God invented this whole idea of rest and he talks about it in the very first part of the scripture. In fact, in Genesis 2, it says this uh, in the second verse of chapter 2, and on the seventh day, God finished his work 
that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Isn't that interesting that God created the heavens and the earth in six days and then on the seventh day he established this idea of rest. Uh, what they called it was Shabbat, which is the Hebrew word for Sabbath, that they, it was a day that was set apart for rest, that God wanted us to understand that. Now, here's the, here's the thing. I don't really think God was exhausted from creation, okay? I don't think God said, Phew, have you ever tried to put stars in the sky? Uh, have you ever tried to figure out gravity and get it just right so people could walk around and, and not float up in the air or not be stuck on the ground? I mean, have you ever tried all of that? That's crazy. And I'm so tired from all of this that I, you know, I'm going to take a break now. Like I'm just going to rest. That, that, isn't, that isn't what we know about God at all. In fact, in Psalm 121, it says that he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber or sleep. That God doesn't get tired, uh, that God is is all-powerful, uh, he is omnipotent, he doesn't weary, he doesn't go off the job, he doesn't go off the clock, that God is always on it, he's always watching us, but for some reason, God determined that he was gonna create this gap, he was gonna create this space for us and called the Sabbath and give us rest, that we would rest on that day. And so it matters to God, and if it matters to God, then it probably matters to us, right? Here, here's what I think God was establishing for us. God was trying to teach us a lesson that we were created to live in a rhythm. You know, I used to think about how do I live a balanced life? And, and so people would teach you that, you know, God's your number one priority, your relationship with God's your number one priority, and your family's number two priority, and then your friend's number three, and then your job is number four. And what I found oddly enough, is that my job took a lot of my time. And I was forever trying to figure out what, what to, what's that balance look like? How do I prioritize my life? And, and what I learned, and it particularly comes out in Genesis 2, that God uh, called us to find our rhythm. How did he create us? What, what's a rhythm feel like? And so I've been working on this for a lot of years. In fact, I remember uh, that when uh, years and years ago, when our sons were young, I, I told all the people on our team that uh, if you pick up the phone at night, if I'm at home and you pick up the phone at night to call me, ask yourself this question. Could I call Larry in the morning? And if the answer is yes, then please don't call me because if I'm at home, then I'm putting my kids to bed and I'm with my family and that's really a high, high value for me. That's part of my rhythm. I had made a promise to my wife that I would not be out of the house more than, uh, if I was out of the house two nights in a row, I would guarantee her I'd be home the, the, next, the third night that I would never be out of the house more than two nights in a row without being home a night, that, that we were trying to create that rhythm where I was involved with our, our sons, uh, where we had some uh, space for our personal life and that we would have that rhythm in our lives. And, and so for me, uh, Friday is my Sabbath. Friday is my day that I, I take off. We'll keep going you know, hard tomorrow and, and work through the week. But Friday, I know I've got some space there that that's a time that I set aside to, to be with the Lord and I set aside for rest. And we have rhythm in our lives. Uh, you know, what happens in our culture is that we're so tied 
to you know our phones and our computers and our iPads and everything else that we have. We're so tied to our technology that we have no rhythm anymore. We don't know how to get rest. We don't know how to, uh, we don't know how to unplug. We don't know how to get away from it. So from the time that we wake up in the morning till we somehow nod off at night, we're plugged in and we're Googling information and we're texting people and we're checking Facebook and we're doing all of those things, Instagram, everything, and we're looking, we're, we think we're staying connected, but what we're really doing is just not giving ourselves an opportunity to rest. We're not finding that rhythm that we were created for. That, that God wants us to have that space. He wants us to be whole. He wants that to be part of how we, we live our lives. It matters to him. And so God gave us that command. In fact, God gave us a, a number of commandments. And when, when Israel came out of Egypt, Moses went on a mountain one day and, and God gave him uh, some guidelines for us to follow, right? Any, any takers on that? Anybody know what they, they are? There, there are 10 of them, let me help you. <laughs> right, the 10 commandments. Do you know what the longest one was? The longest one was about rest. Uh, the, the longest one was about the Sabbath. In fact, here's, here's what he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the, the sea, and all that is in, in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now there are a couple of things that I wanna point out in this. Uh, one is simply that, uh, that God said the Sabbath day is a day to the Lord. It's not just simply a day to you know, do whatever you wanna do, it's a day to do, you know, take care of yourself, to do your thing, but it's a day that's set aside somehow to reconnect with the Lord. It's a day that we're set aside to rest uh, in the Lord, to find uh, the Lord. And here's the other thing, because some of you are going, you know, I'm too busy for this, Larry. Why did I come this morning? I could have been doing chores at home, you know, whatever. Uh, and and uh, you're, you're, you're hearing this, but it's not quite sinking in. So I just want to give you this little picture. You know what, what God said to Moses? He said, here's a perspective for you. I created the whole world in six days, and then I created this day of rest. Are you more important than me? Is what you're doing so much more important? Is what you're doing so much bigger, of so much more valuable that you can't do it in six days and then give me the seventh? I don't think any of us are quite that good. I don't think any of us can, can compare our schedules or, or compare what we do to who God is and, and what he does. And, and we need to keep that in perspective that, that when we never stop, when we never unplug, when we feel like we have to go 24-7, we have to live our lives that way, basically what we're saying to God is, God, you can't do this without me. I'm so important. I'm so valuable, uh, what I'm doing is so, uh, is nobody else could do it but me and God, so I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna crash into that wall because I'm that important to the world. And God is saying, you know what, none of us are that important, that we can create some space to worship him, we can create some space to rest, we can find that rhythm in our lives when we know when it's time to work and we know uh, when it's time 
to rest. You know, one little thing that I did, and I'll just share this because there's a lot of young parents. In, uh, is I coached soccer for 12 years. I coached soccer for 12 years because I was in the ministry and I wasn't punching a clock and, and nobody was telling me what my schedule was gonna be. And so my tendency was to just be available all the time. So I knew that if I coached soccer, I was gonna be at home at 4.30 on Tuesdays and Thursdays to pick up my sons and we were gonna go out to the soccer field and I was gonna coach their team. And on Saturday mornings, I was gonna be on the field with my sons and, and for soccer games and that that was part of my rhythm and part of my discipline so that uh, I would, my kids would grow up knowing their dad was engaged, that I didn't wanna be one of those pastors that tried to save the world and lose his family. That just wasn't acceptable to me. Well, you guys know my kids, enough said. Now, it might feel hard to take that time, might almost seem impossible to you, but here's the deal, can you imagine the, the, the Israelites are in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. They're in slavery in Egypt for 400 years and the Pharaoh makes their life as hard as he possibly can. You wanna build a building, you have to make the bricks first. Uh, you, you, you don't just go out and order bricks, but you make them, you dig the trenches, you do all of the work, that you are completely subservient, you are a slave uh, to the Egyptians, and you never have a moment that's your own, you never have a break that's your own, and so generation after generation, for 400 years, generation after generation have lived in that kind of condition. They have no idea what a Sabbath would look like. They have no idea what a a day off would look like, that their life was completely run uh, by the Egyptians. They had no idea. And now, all of a sudden, Moses says, here's what God wants you to have. This is the rhythm that God wants you to to live. And he's gonna want you to work for six days, and on the seventh day, set it aside as to the Lord, and he wants you to rest. And I'm sure they looked at him and said, what's rest? What's that mean? But God has intended this all along. This is how he wants us to live our lives. I remember years ago, I called up one of my old seminary professors. He was a psychologist, and and I made an appointment with him, and I I went in to see him because I was just a wreck. I was so tired. I was so stressed. Um, I was just... I just didn't know what else to do. I felt depressed, and, and so I make an appointment with Dr. Hart, and I go in to see him, and uh, I spend you know, 30 minutes telling him, you know, nobody knows the, the troubles I've seen, and, and uh, giving him my whole speech, and how hard my life was, and how exhausted I was, and, and how I was trying my very best to serve, and to give, and do all those things, and I was doing it for Jesus, and on and on, and I give him the whole thing, and then after about 30 minutes, he looks at me, and says, Larry, here's what I want you to do. All right, so I'm sitting there. This is the great moment, right? We're going to fix this. There's a pill. There's something, right? There's something's going to fix this. Dr. Hart looks me in the eye and he says, Larry, I want you to go home today and I want you to get eight hours of sleep tonight. You know, the first thing I thought was, I'm glad I'm not paying for this. That's the best you got, Dr. So he says, I want you to go home and sleep for eight hours tonight and then for the next week, I want you to sleep eight hours every single night and then come back and tell me how you're doing. So I did that for a week, went and told Jenna, I said, look, okay, here's, here's the deal, this is what Dr. Hart told me to do, I gotta do this, and, and uh, I, I, I followed his prescription, and I, I went back a week later, and I said, it's a miracle. I feel better. 
The, the world's better, things are better. I, I just, I, feel, I, I get it. That we need rest, we need to figure out that rhythm in, in our lives and, and it changed everything about how I thought about my life and how I thought about how I wanted to give myself away. So uh, uh, later I went to um, uh, 40th Street in, in Shea. If you turn south uh, and just go a couple of blocks, there's a little place called Canaan in the Desert. And it's a, it's, it's a group of Lutheran sisters that have a prayer ministry, that's what they do. They pray and they are unbelievable. There's a prayer garden there that you can sit and, and go to the different stations of the cross and it's really a sweet place. And so I went uh, and one of the sisters came out to meet me and I said, hey, I've just come for prayer. Would you guys pray, be praying for me? I have to speak at this conference. It's really intimidating and, and I'm not sure what I'm gonna talk about. I'm not sure what this is gonna be like, but I, I just know I need you to pray for me. And, and she looked at me and she said, Larry, we'll pray for you, but you're exhausted. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to come and stay for two nights and just sleep. So super spiritual. Uh, we want you to come for two nights and just sleep. And, and, and then we'll pray for you when you go to your conference, but you can't go like this. You can't go this tired. So I, I literally went and, and uh, stayed in one of their little rooms there for a couple of nights and just got rest. And then I went to do, do the conference and the sisters prayed for me uh, before and after. Uh, and they just kept praying for me and praying for our family. Um, but God showed me again what it means to get rest what it means to not take myself so seriously, but to understand that it's about him. It's about carving out space for him. And so Jesus gave us some help in how to do this. He wants us to have this rhythm in our lives, but he also has created an invitation for us, uh, an invitation for us to come and rest. And that's what we want us just spend the rest of our time looking at. It's in, the, it's in the Gospel of Matthew, the 11th chapter. For many of you, it'll be very familiar. Matthew 11, verses 25 to 30. 25 starts this way. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will all things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and, and, in, and, and no, one, no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we begin this passage with Jesus uh, sharing two things about himself. He describes himself, he explains who he is in, in two ways. And, and the first thing that, that he talks about is Jesus said, I thank you, Father of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and you have revealed them to, to little children. And so really the very first thing that he wants us to understand is who we are. And he uses this phrase, that they graciously translate it uh, here, little children, but if you took the the most literal translation, it would be babies. And he says, I thank you that you haven't revealed it to people who think they know everything, who consider themselves wise, but you revealed this to the babies. Now, he's not, he's not saying that we're 
babies necessarily, but what he's saying is that when we compare the wisdom and the greatness of God, when we consider how amazing God is, when we consider the creator of the universe, and then we look at our own lives, that we look at our own capacity, we're like babies next to him. We're helpless without Christ, that we need him for everything in our lives, that we're completely dependent on Jesus in our lives, and he said, that's what I want you to understand, that compared to the compared to God, or your Father, you come to me like a baby, you come to me helpless, needing everything, not being able to survive on your own, and that and because when we come that way, when we acknowledge the fact that without Christ, we, we're helpless, then he says, I wanna reveal myself to you, and so he says, Father, you're gracious, all things have been handed over to me. Here's the other thing that Jesus wants us to understand, is that if you wanna know what God looks like, if you wanna know who God is, you see him through Jesus. That Jesus Christ is a picture of who God is. That God is revealed to us through Christ. That if you wanna know how much God loves you, then you look at a God who sent his son to die on a cross for our sins, that while we didn't deserve it, while we didn't do anything to earn it, that his incredible grace and his incredible love went to a cross for us. That's how much God loves us. If, if you wanna know how great God is, uh, then if you wanna know about God's power, then you look at Jesus who, who healed the blind, who healed the lame, who cleansed the leper, who walked on water, all of those signs of God's power we see in Jesus that God has revealed to us in Christ, that he is the ruler over creation. He's the healer and he's the burden bearer that Jesus is the ultimate burden bearer, that he gives us, that he gave himself, he bore the sins of the world on a cross for our sake, that he bore that burden for us, and now he wants to show us, now he wants to teach us how he bears our burdens. And so he gives us this invitation in verse 28, the Christ, Jesus says, come to me, I'm inviting you, you who are weary, you who are overwhelmed, you who are burdened, I'm inviting you to come to me. He says, all of you who are weary, all of you who are burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. I'm the source of real rest. I'm the one who offers you rest. And you know, we carry these burdens. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Uh, he, he explains this, he gives us a picture of what this means. Come to me all you who are labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So we have a picture I think of a yoke and so picture this, that, that they would yoke, uh, put this yoke on an oxen and yes, we're compared to oxen now. We went from babies to oxen. I think we're going downhill somehow but, uh, but they would put these heavy wooden yokes on the oxen they would tie them to them, that's how they led them, that's how they uh, would guide them, and they're strapped around their neck and their, their shoulders, and, and the picture that I have is sometimes that yoke feels like it's gonna strangle me. And sometimes the burden that I carry feels so heavy that I don't know how I'm gonna get off the ground. I don't know how I can walk. I can't breathe and I can't get up and it feels like I'm carrying such a load, and it feels like I'm so overwhelmed, but what, what do I do? 
I, I'm not, I have no place to go. I, I don't know what to do. And here's what Jesus says. He says, that's at that very moment, I want you to understand that you can come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. And then you know what he says? It's so miraculous. He says, take my yoke on you. He says, I want you to take that yoke that's strangling you, and I want you to take it off. That's not my yoke. That's not of me. That's something that you've put on. That's something that you've done. And we saw that video at the very beginning that says that we, we take on anxiousness. We take on fear. We take on anger. Uh, we take on lust. We take on all of these things in our lives until it starts to choke us. And he says, that's not mine. Take that off because my yoke is easy. My yoke is belongs to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus says, I want you to learn something from me. And here's what Jesus says about himself. It's the second place that he explains, that he gives us a picture of who he is. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Do you know what Jesus is saying? He, he's saying that if you, are, if you are weary and burdened and you are carrying a load that you can't do anything about, that is just weighing you down, he says, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna look at you and say, what a dummy you are. I've told you, this is your last chance. Now you're gonna get it. But Jesus says, I am gentle with you and I am humble with you and I will give you rest for your souls if you will come to me. That's what he's asking us for. You know what the Sabbath means? It means that we create space to come to Jesus. We, were, we, we create space to take that yoke and that burden off and take his in place that we receive from him, that we find rest for our souls. It means that we don't have to, to live a life where we can't breathe and we don't feel like that we can get up anymore, but we can find our rest in Jesus. He's invited us to come to him and he's promised us to meet us in that place and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I have to live with this all the time. I have to talk to the Lord on a regular basis and I go to Matthew 11 a lot and I have to apologize to Jesus <laughs> because somehow I've taken a burden that's not his. It's not the one he created before. It's the, not the one that he intended for me. I've taken a burden. I think I'm so important. I think I'm so valuable to the world that I've gotta take everybody's stuff and pile it on me until I can't even get up. And I've gotta wear that yoke until it's strangling me because I think that I, people, everybody needs me to, to do that. Everybody needs me to carry that. Everybody needs me to be there. And Jesus is saying, no, that's, that's for me, Larry. Take my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light so I know when I'm overwhelmed that it's stuff I put on myself and that Christ is inviting me to come to him and give that to him and take his yoke and take his burden and live in that freedom and live in that rest that he calls me to, that he's offered to me. And I forget that so often in my life. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, you know, I get it. Some of you are sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, you know, Pastor Larry, I'm a type A personality. I just don't sit well. 
I got to keep moving. I got to be doing stuff. I got to be, you know, I'm constant motion. I'm constant activity. I got to be, I, I got to be going forward. I can't just, you know, uh, I, I can't just sit and not do anything and not produce anything and not work and all those things. I say, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I, I can only tell you from about 40 years of experience that you're heading for disaster. It just doesn't work. You may feel like you're a type A and that may be, you know, you just don't, there's no prize at the end for burning out. There's no prize at the end for crashing and burning and destroying your marriage and wrecking your kids and ending up miserable. They're just, they're, they're, they're no merit badges. You don't, get a, you don't get a participation trophy because you've gone 24 seven. None of that matters at the end. None of that makes any sense. God created us for this rhythm and he created for us to have this rest that's built into the rhythm of our life. He has invited us, Jesus Christ has invited us to come to him and to lay our burdens at his feet. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's what Christ promises us. Well, that's one of the places that I go to to be reminded there's another, there, there's several places that I go um, when, when I need to get perspective a little bit on my life, and I've told most of you, Philippians 2, 5 through 11 is one of those places, that passage, and, and, and Psalm 27 is another one of those places that I find myself going on a regular basis to simply pray through that Psalm. Lord, here's, I don't know what to say today, here's my prayer, and it ends this way. Psalm 27, the, the last verses say, wait on the Lord, be strong and take courage and wait on the Lord. Isn't that interesting? He says, wait on the Lord. And so, okay, Lord, I'm gonna wait on you. But here's, what he, here's the other part the psalmist wants us to understand, is that we have to be strong and courageous to wait on the Lord. You, you see, the, the weakness in me is that I, I, I've gotta fix this. I've gotta take control. I've gotta run through this. I, I've gotta manage this somehow. Um, that, 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 that's what people expect of me, that's what I'm supposed to do, and somehow I've gotta, I've gotta power through this thing. And that's not what the Lord is saying at all. He says it takes more courage, it takes more trust. It takes a deeper relationship with the Lord for me to wait for him, to say, Lord, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna create some space to take your burden. I wanna wear your yoke. I wanna trust you with my life. I wanna find rest for my soul in you. Um, most of you know that last October, I had this little deal done. I had this entire shoulder replaced. And uh, that alone was plenty of fun, just doing that. And then they say, okay, you know what? That wasn't enough fun, we're gonna do rehab. And so they do rehab on, you know, on your shoulder and it's excruciating. You know, nobody, they tell you this is hard. Well then, no, no, this is really hard. And, and so you go through this, this rehab and I, there, I, I had made a couple of fundamental mistakes. I lived with this idea all of my life that you play through pain. Anybody ever heard that? You play through pain? That is a myth. So here's what the physical therapist taught me. You play to the pain. Pain is telling you something, hello. Pain is telling you that you need to stop, that you need to take a break, that you need to let it go. And I was thinking, no, the more pain, the more gain, right? No. 
when that really starts to hurt, you, you're supposed to tell somebody, say, you know what? You gotta ease off. This, <laughs> this isn't working right now. This is killing me. And, and I had to learn, and you know, in my life, I have to learn that lesson that when I feel, experience pain, that that's telling me something in my life. That's giving me a signal that there's something that needs to get done, that there's something that needs to stop, there's something that needs to get fixed in my life. And here's the second thing that I learned. I would be on the table and the physical therapist would be torturing me and he would look at me and laugh and say, Larry, breathe. You gotta breathe. And I would realize I've been holding my breath and, and I've been trying to, you know, so I'm trying to endure that. I'm trying to get myself ready, you know, so I yeah, clench your fist and you're, you know, and he's saying, no, that's not how you do this, but you gotta breathe. I'm slow on these things, okay, seriously. But he would just laugh and say, you gotta, you gotta breathe, start to breathe, take a deep breath, and, and you gotta work through this. We're gonna get this done together. You let me take your arm, let me take your shoulder, and you breathe, just breathe. And I believe that part of what the Lord is saying to us this morning, that rest means we have to stop and breathe. That sometimes we're going so hard and so fast that we're not catching our breath, that we're not breathing, we're just gutting it through, we're just trying to power through whatever it is. And he's reminding us, take a breath, breathe, trust me. Take a deep breath and say, Lord, I'm gonna wait on you. Take a deep breath and say, Lord, I trust you. Take a deep breath and say, thank you, Lord, for the life that you've given me. Maybe what God really wants us to do this summer is he wants us to take a breath. He wants to teach us what it means to breathe again so that he can bless us, so that we can find rest for our souls. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder Lord, and we confess that we carry burdens that aren't from you. We confess, Lord, that, that we forget that this isn't all about us, Lord, but this is a gift that you've given us, that you've invited us to come to you. You've invited us to take your yoke and take your burden. So, Lord, we want to receive that this morning in your name. And, Lord, we want to thank you for that invitation and then we want to receive it from you. So Lord, we give you all of that. We give you our burdens, we give you our anxieties, we give you our fears, we give you our anger, all of those things, Lord, those things that we carry, we lay them at your feet. Gratefully, Lord, and Lord, our heart's desire is to find rest for our souls. So meet us there, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, We'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor. All right, so here's what I don't want to do this morning. I don't add another burden to you. I don't want you to walk out of here today thinking, okay, I gotta, I gotta carve out all this time and I gotta read my Bible more and pray more and do more and, uh, and then all of a sudden we're just back where we started, right? 
Um, but what I want you to understand is that you have a standing invitation from Jesus to come to him. Uh, that he wants to see to you to live in a rhythm of his love for you. He wants you to live in a rhythm of his grace and, and his rest. And, and so my encouragement to you is just start wherever you are. That if you have a chance to, uh, to take a walk around the block and remind yourself uh, of the, that Christ has invited you to come to him, then I would encourage you to take a walk around the block and, and do that. If you can carve out some extra time uh, you know, to, to just simply bring those things to the Lord, however that looks like, whatever it looks like for you, uh, to start wherever you are. It's okay to start small. Um, you, you know, I have this tendency, I wanna, I wanna do it all at one time, right? I wanna just kinda get it done, and, and, and then I just kinda keep adding that burden onto my heart, and here's what the Lord reminds us, is that it's a gift. It's an invitation to come to Him to trust him, to lay our burdens at his feet because he is lowly at heart. He is gentle with us and he wants you to be reminded more than anything today of how much he loves you. And I love you guys and I hope you have a great afternoon. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.